Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Yeah, I think offensively it was one of our worst games of the road trip. And to, to be honest, I mean, uh, um, you know, it's just so fresh after the game. But if I had to pinpoint something at the top of my head, I think. We look like a tired team. We, for me, we look like you know we uh, you know took some penalties there at the end of second, and uh, um, you know they play that big line a lot. So in, in order to play your guys against them, they're you know Cooch's line and Hurdle, you know those guys are killing. They're on the power play. They're um, we just look like we're a tired team, and we didn't have a lot of gas in the tank in, in the second half of the game. I liked our first half of the game, and it's exactly what we talked about defensively. I think we only gave up 13 shots or something like that, um, you know, deep into the second period. And then, you know, they had a few shifts where they, they banged away. But, uh, um, you know, I, I didn't mind our game defensively, um, but we didn't produce enough and spend enough time in their end. All right, good morning. I mean, I kind of got out of that game last night what I was hoping to see. I wanted the Sharks to play better. I wasn't entirely sure that they were going to win, but the Sharks played better. And really, that's a low bar to clear when you end up losing by a score 7-3 to three in the first game of the series. But what I wanted to see was the Sharks to play a tighter game, the Sharks to play a more cohesive game, and just overall represent themselves better in the second game of the series. And I was hoping that that would lead to a win. It did not, but... I do take into account that the Sharks look dead tired and they look dead tired on the ice in game one and they looked pretty gassed out there on the ice in game number two. And that doesn't surprise me. These guys have been quote unquote on the road, whether in actual games or just simply not at home uh, for well over a month, 35, 40 days, however you want to do the count. It's been a long, long time for these guys. And this is not normal under any circumstances. This is exceptionally abnormal. We thought that a pandemic was abnormal. That was only the start for what we were going to see for a team like the Sharks this year. They're the only team dealing with a circumstance like this. Now, I do know that teams in Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer were dealing with similar situations over the summer, but it's totally different now, and they are the one team doing it. There isn't really a point of comparison for anybody else right now. You combine the fact that they're on the road to start the year with the training camp that's on the road, and they have these two quote-unquote home games coming up, which aren't really home games. They're not going to be home until the 13th of February. It's it's a difficult stretch for the Sharks. We knew it was going to be difficult, and we are seeing just exactly what we expected throughout this stretch. And I will 100% agree that in terms of getting the momentum of the season going, it sucks. It's not really fair considering the Sharks are the only team going through this, but it's a pandemic. What are you going to do? Public safety outweighs the concerns of sports, even if we don't like it. But yeah, the, the team looks gassed, and I don't think there's any way of getting around that when we make the discussion about the Sharks right now. 
It's not an excuse. It's just a reality. And let's be honest. The Colorado Avalanche are an insanely talented team. They were taking their time to get things going throughout the first six games of the year. And when they entered this series at three and three, I kind of thought to myself, Ugh, this is just the right time for them to quote unquote, get right on a team that is in a bad situation as the Sharks are. And with the Avalanche playing pissed off hockey in game one, it was going to take a monumental effort from the Sharks in game number two. And I'll be honest, I thought the Sharks did put forth well, I won't say a monumental effort because it's, you know, this early in the season and they're obviously tired and, you know, pretty, uh, pretty out of energy right now. But I thought the Sharks played really well. I thought they played very well on defense. They did a much better job at slowing down the rush of Colorado in game number two compared to game number one. I thought that that was one of the most important things we needed to see. Uh, they were not giving up as many looks in front of the net. They were putting Dubnik in a better position. And I thought that over the, overall, the Sharks were doing a lot of the things that they needed to do to beat the Avalanche. And the one place where you needed them to be good was on the power play, and they simply were not. And then suddenly, that's another thing we have to get into, is the fact that the power play, it was looking good throughout the first couple games of the year, and now suddenly, much like the offense overall, it's kind of disappeared. And it is a concern because I thought the power play looked like it was uh, potent in those first few games. And you thought there was something really good happening there. And now it's clearly not. And there's a couple things that I'm waiting to see. And that is if this couple of days off we have before what we are perceiving at this point will be the uh, game on Monday against the Knights after three days off, will that allow the Sharks to be in a position where they can work on the power play and get some of those little tweaks that they need and figure everything out because the, the practice is going to help. A little bit of rest is going to help. They've been playing every other day since the start. And I think that if they do get a little bit more practice time and they do get a little bit more recovery time, that will probably pay off in terms of seeing a little bit more of that crisp play on the power play. Because I think that when we were watching that power play, uh, we saw a couple of things. They are not playing cleanly. There's a lack of execution, which means a lot of those passes aren't finding their targets. They're not winning those face-offs. They're finding themselves in positions where they are not able to get a second look or they uh, you know, just kind of lose it out of the zone and then they've got to reset or they've got to go back and try and make sure they don't give up a shorty. It's something that we've kind of seen multiple times and, and it's frustrating. You know, one of the things that we heard Bob Bugner talk about with regards to the power play was that he wanted to enter the zone with speed and we're seeing clearly that they are trying to generate that speed, but they don't break in cleanly. And that's another thing we're seeing. It's like they've got to figure out how they're going to enter the neutral zone, transition into the offensive zone, and make that clean where they can have crisp passes, where they can get the defense a little bit with their momentum shifted back and put them on their heels a bit and create more opportunities. These are the things that we aren't seeing so far. Um, and if they do do these things, again, this comes down to execution, I think we will see more shots on goal. I think we will see more second opportunities. I think that you'll get the penalty kill a little bit more gassed, which will actually help you win a face-off. I think that it's not just about putting pucks in the back of the net. It's about having that power play unit looking more clean overall to be a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more take charge. And I think it comes back to another thing that we heard from Bob Bugner when he was talking about the power play playing with more emotion. The power play last night looked flat. 
And I think that we'd be naive to not recognize the contributing factors, and one of them is the relative fatigue the Sharks are feeling right now. These things that we're watching on the ice from the Sharks right now, the lack of offense, the lack of the power play, the lack of emotion, some of the lack of execution, some of the lack of just crispness overall, it's all due to the fact that this team has been on the road for a long time. It's been an alternate and disrupted start to their season. It is taking a toll. And my hope is that when they do get back home, and I know that's not going to be a game until February 13th, but they will be back in Santa Clara County before that. But my hope is that they can continue to weather the storm until that point, at which point they will be able to get some of that rest. They will be able to be back with their families. They will be able to sleep in their own beds. They will be able to put forth better efforts. And right now, the start of this season for the San Jose Sharks, it is a baptism by fire. It is it is the test of tests. It's probably what is going to define this season. And if they can get through this stretch without digging too deep of a hole, I think they're going to be a playoff team. If they can't weather this storm, if they begin to let this snowball, then yeah, it's it's not going to be a good place. It's not going to be a good season, in my opinion. And right now, this is kind of the... This is the come to Jesus gut check. However you want to look at it, the Sharks team has to look at themselves in the mirror and they have to ask whether or not they're going to respond and whether or not they're going to fight to keep this season alive. Because I know there is the chance that they are able to bounce back from a rough start, but I do think that overall they would be positioning themselves much, much better if they can just keep around 500 or maybe a game or two below until they do have more of that consistent life that has them back at SAP Center, back in San Jose, even without the fans, even without all the normal hubbub that we see associated with the home environment that is SAP Center and a home Sharks game. It's just a little bit of that comfort. It's that regularity. It's that routine. Nothing right now for this Sharks team is routinized. Nothing is normal. It's all abnormal. It's hard for them to find themselves. And I'm not trying to make excuses for these guys. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what these guys are going through. And if they can keep it around 500, then I think they'll be in a good position. And I'll go back on what I said earlier. This is not, this is not the one determining factor of the season, but it's pretty damn big, right? I mean, we are going to look back at this and say that they either put themselves in a good position or they put themselves in a bad position. And right now they fall in two games under 500 and their next two games are against a very high quality opponent in Vegas who, by the way, are dealing with COVID troubles. Their game last night had to be postponed. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, actually, if that game on Monday is going to occur because I you know, I don't know anything right now, but once these COVID issues do pop up, there is a chance of more postponement. So we will have to wait and see. Going down the list of other things that I wanted to get into out of this game, I thought that once again, Ryan Donato looked like an absolute stud. I think that you watch his game and he works hard. He is the kind of guy who seems to be consistent. He has been producing. He has been creating opportunities. And like I said last time, it's a guy that I don't know everything about. I don't know his game inside and out. But I have to say that in this young part of the season, he's easily been one of the brightest spots. And I do like the fact that he has such a motor on him because he's not the most physically gifted guy in the world by any means. But he goes out there and he works hard. And you can see that hard work paying dividends out there on the ice. 
And again, he's creating opportunities. I feel like he does the little things that we equate with hard work. And I just wish that he could do this in front of fans at SAP Center because I think that once that opportunity does happen, the fans are going to show their appreciation for him. So I am excited for him to eventually have that moment whenever it does happen. Uh, but right now, this is looking like a great acquisition for the Sharks, and he has been one of the brightest spots of the young season. The other guy who I thought had a really good night tonight was Devin Dubnik, and he has not been supported with much offense uh, in his goes so far for the Sharks, but I thought that he looked really, really good, and we even heard it from Bob Bugner that he may have taken a step forward in that idea of him being the number one guy. I think that right now you have two pretty good goalies who have not been put in good positions by their team, but I actually thought that for most of what we saw last night, Devin Dubnik was put in pretty good spots, and he was not hung out to dry by his team. Yeah, there were a lot of shots that were uh, off the post, but you can also say that's just the way it goes some nights, A, or B, you can say that's because the Sharks were contesting shots and not giving guys as clean of looks as they were getting in game number one. So Devin Dubnik, I thought that he just looked really aware. I thought he looked like he was seeing the puck really, really well. I thought his reactions were really good. I liked that one early in the game where it kind of got up in between his elbow and his armpit, and he kind of fell backwards and was pinching it to his side, a real good effort play. And you heard Hetty cheering him on for that as well. And you love to see plays like that. You love to see the fight and the desire and the fact that these guys aren't going to let it get away and that he's going to put out every effort that he can to help his team get a win. He just didn't get the offensive support that he's deserved. And it's been like that in a couple of games for Sharks goalies. And this is yet another time where Devin Dubnik has not gotten nearly enough offensive support. And I hope that's a trend that does change soon. But I'm also not going to be surprised if he is the guy out there starting on Monday night when the Sharks are scheduled to play Las Vegas because he did look so good in that game against Colorado. And I think Bob Bugner might want to give him the chance to get a second consecutive start and get a little bit of that momentum going and a little bit of rhythm. And if that's the case, then... Uh, you know, then he's earned it. I think that Devin Dubnik has put forth some good efforts so far this year, and so has Martin Jones. Right now, the bigger problem to me is the team defense and the offense. The problem so far has not been the goalies, and I think Bugner might look at this and say, hey, let's play the hot hand. It looked like Dubnik was better in that game against the Avs than the game we saw with Jones against the Avs, so that opportunity could come for Dubnik and uh you know, he's he's a starting caliber goalie in the NHL, and he deserves an opportunity. It's not necessarily that Jones has done anything wrong, but I think that Bugner will probably try and get a look at him to see what he has there for a second consecutive start and maybe with a little bit of rest. And he'll also be giving Jones a little bit more rest, and they can go Dubnik 1 and uh, Jones 2 for this upcoming series against Las Vegas, which... Not to harp on the dramatic, I think I did that enough earlier, talking about how this early part of the season could define everything, uh, but this is big coming up against Vegas. You gotta split this, in my opinion, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bugner goes with Dubnik in game number one, just to get him a little bit of that consistency out there on the ice. One of the other things I liked out of last night's game and over the past couple of games has been Dylan Gambrell. I thought that he is really starting to look more and more comfortable out there on the ice. Obviously, last year, he got about 50 games at the NHL level. That was by far the most he had ever seen. 
but he was light. He was getting pushed off the puck. Never looked entirely comfortable out there. He did rack up 11 points, five goals overall. Uh, but so far this year, I think that with Gambrell, we're seeing him look a lot stronger on the puck. Looks like the speed of the game is not phasing him like it did before, and he's beginning to look more and more like the player that uh, that he's been touted to be. And I hope that that's something that we get to see more of the development of going forward because you want these younger guys uh, to have that opportunity to be that much better. You want these younger guys to finally come into their own. And that's not to say that these guys aren't coming into their own, but whenever you have these younger prospects, you're looking at the idea of them progressing into the player that you think they're capable of being. And that's something that so far this year, I truly think we've seen from Dylan Gambrell. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get into some of the post-game audio, some of the reaction from the coach and the players. That's all coming up next on Morning Tide. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. Light Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. To beat teams like this, you need your best players to be the best, and I thought they were okay. That's the head coach of the San Jose Sharks, Bob Bugner, bringing us back in, talking about Tomas Hurdle and Evander Kane. Bugner had challenged them to be better in last night's game than they were in the first game of the series. And like he said, yeah, they were okay. And you need your best players to play like great players. And they were not great on this night. They were better than they were in game number one of this series. But like he alluded to against a team like Colorado that is this potent, and this explosive, you are looking at a situation where you need these guys to be their best. Let's start off talking about the offensive side of things. Uh, Bob Bugner thought this was uh, not one of the team's better performances of the year. Yeah, I think offensively it was one of our worst games of the road trip. And to, to be honest, I mean, uh, um, you know, it's just so fresh after the game. But if I had to pinpoint something at the top of my head, I think we look like a tired team. We, For me, we look like, you know, we uh, you know took some penalties there at the end of second and uh, um, you know, they play that big line a lot. So in, in order to play your guys against them, they're, you know, Cooch's line and Hurdle, you know, those guys are killing. They're on a power play. They're, um, we just look like we're a tired team and we didn't have a lot of gas in the tank in, in the second half of the game. I liked our first half of the game and it's exactly what we talked about defensively. I think we only gave up 13 shots or something like that deep into the second period. And then, you know, they had a few shifts where they, they banged away. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't mind our game defensively, um, but we didn't produce enough and spend enough time in their end. And many of those sentiments were echoed by Tomas Hurdle when he spoke with the media after the loss. I think we, the last couple of games, we have for sure not really shots enough. I think we have to get more, especially with our big guys. You know, we got a couple of big guys and get more to the net, you know, and when, you know, guys shooting, you know, demons, we have nobody really front and make it really easy on the goalies. And, and when we do any of the guys from it, fighting for every puck, we for sure better team, but we barely have, you know, 20 shots every game now. And I think we can do way more than that, you know, and, and just be better in Ozone because I think our D zone was better, you know, for sure was tough, you know, in third, we got a couple of goals, but I think the D zone first two was pretty, pretty good. You know, we, especially in first, we turn line up pucks, you know, again, top line, we get a couple of chances, we should put it in, but we have to just make it, you know, the last play we pass and, you know, not really get the scoring chances. So we have to be more hungry for the goals too. They need to be more hungry for the goals. And I think that that's 
Part of what we've heard from Bob Bugner talking about how he wants them to be playing with more emotion on the power play. And I think that like Bugner alluded to, the fact that the team is tired is playing a factor. But these things that they're seeing, the fact that they're not making good passes, the fact that they're not creating enough opportunities, the fact that they're not getting enough shots off, all of these things, if they are not rectified when they do eventually get home, then you're going to be staring at a pretty, pretty big problem. But like I keep on saying, it seems like we all have an idea of what the problem is right now. It's just a matter of whether or not they are going to be able to rectify those. I am hopeful, but again, you just don't want to dig yourself in too big of a hole. Let's segue to the issues of the power play. This is what Hurdle offered. You know, it looks like almost everything. You know, we I think we're not sharp enough, you know, and uh, we don't have many chances, you know, lately. You know, we have fighting with Park and always 10 seconds they clean it and we come back and I think we have to just make it simplify and get get to the net like we, we did first couple of games because you know it's tough last couple of games because you know we score you know one goal or maybe two you know it can be different but you know we barely have any chances so we have to figure out you know we got now a couple of days time but we have to be you know everybody better because it's not good enough but with our skill we, we should have at least if we, at least if we got some chances but we don't have it you know so we have to come back regroup and be way better you know and I think that when we talk about a gas team we often talk about the physical play out there on the ice and I actually think that that's one of the things that we've been pleasantly surprised with in the defense and the way that they responded from game one of this series to game two is like they were efforting really, really well. And when you're tired, as, as it looks like the Sharks are, I think you can effort your way through it. But I think it's the mental fatigue that we're seeing on the offensive side of things and on the power play where it's making things you know, just a little bit sloppy at times where they're not connecting the dots on those passes or they're trying to get a little bit cute. I mean, we've heard this idea about everything, how they need to simplify, how they need to kind of just work out their issues. And I think that that mental fatigue is a factor with what we're seeing. This is what Kevin LeBanc had to offer when he was asked about the power play. I think uh, we got to break in a little bit cleaner. That's a big one. I'm kind of scrambling, uh, breaking in into the zone. So that's kind of big for us and also you know winning face-offs right off the hop start with the puck you know move the puck around feel good get the pk tired moving it around and uh, you know it just comes to chances you know you gotta create chances whenever you're out there and the more chances you create the more opportunities you're gonna get to score and so it seems like the things that we've heard about the power play from bob bugner from tomas hurdle from Kevin LeBanc have all been relatively similar. And LeBanc was also asked about what the difference is with the power play compared to the hot start. I think uh, the biggest thing is execution, executing the passes, executing the shots. You know, at the start, we were, you know, we we're moving the puck around, we were getting pucks through. And, uh, you know, all it comes down to is execution to make sure that, you know, every pass is on the tape. So it gives that guy that good shot, good angle. So, yeah, it comes down to execution. And uh, we'll be. We'll be practicing that for next game. Now, the other thing I look at when we compare the hot start of the power play at the start of the year compared to where they are now, the big, big difference, they were fresh then. They are not fresh now. They've been playing games nearly every other day. They have been away from their literal homes for a month plus now. That takes a toll. And I don't want anyone to listen to this and think Ted's making excuses, but I'm just stating the reality. And from my viewpoint, it is playing a factor out there on the ice. And I think that if they can get some practice time in a, with a little bit of rest. And I do think in this instance, before the game on Monday against Las Vegas, that extra day of rest will be a big factor because a, it'll give them more practice time and B, it just gives them a little bit more time to rest 
All of these things, in my opinion, will lead to a much better performance from the Sharks. And so I'm not going to be surprised if they do play Vegas on Monday, as is the plan, if they do go out there and get a win. Now, who's going to be the starting goalie for the Sharks the next time out? This question was posed about Devin Dubnik to head coach Bob Bugner. Definitely did. He gave us a chance to win. For all intents and purposes, it was it was a 2 nothing game until the uh to the end and we just can produce offense for him. And I, uh, um, you know, I thought he, he played well, he battled hard and uh, you know, they threw a lot of pucks at him. I thought he was, uh, uh, he was real good tonight. And Dubnik was asked if he thought that he put enough forward to be the number one guy in Teal. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, like I mentioned uh, yesterday, every time you go in there, you want to uh, earn the, earn the right to, to play the next game. And um, you know, obviously you don't, uh, you don't let it affect the way you play, but uh you know, I just want to, I want him to feel like, uh, you know, he's, he's confident uh, putting me in every game. And, you know, but like I said, we got two good goalies here. So uh, just go work. I felt like, uh, you know, felt really good tonight. So a little disappointing that that uh, gave up the, the third one on the power play, especially their PK working so hard all night. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that stings a little bit, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. And he was also asked about his overall confidence level now since joining the Sharks. Yeah, I think so. I think it's grown. I think especially starts wise, um, you know, the, I felt great the first game, but just you know a couple, couple little adjustments here and there. You know Minnesota was tough to gauge because it was a very strange 60 minutes for me. Um, but tonight, you know, really started feeling like uh, settling in. And you know, the more plays you see, it's been a long time since we played uh, hockey before this season. So even getting a chance to get in off the bench like that, you know, the more plays you see, the more you're going to settle in and uh, start to feel feel like yourself again after after the long layoff. So you know, it was uh, it was nice to go out there tonight and and uh, really feel like my reads were good and I was where I needed to be in the crease and and was being patient. And, and after that, you just battle. So try to uh, grow it from here. And he also talked about what he saw from the defense over the course of the game, a defense that was much improved from game number one of this series against the Abs. I thought the guys played great. Honestly, if, uh, you know, we, we made, I think we made uh, very, very good adjustments from um, last game. Uh, we got a little, little bit away from it in the third, I think when, uh, when they got the two, but uh, you know, if you look at the, the adjustments that we made um, in the first two periods, uh, it was, it was huge. And that's, that's uh, how we have to play that team and uh, to be be successful and and uh it uh, obviously you know we want to get some goals but i think that uh we we made a lot of really great adjustments and, and guys were guys were working extremely hard and paying attention to details and when i was watching it i was thinking to myself the sharks are playing really really good the sharks are doing a lot of things right but the way that colorado kept on chipping away and chipping away you did feel like they were going to break through eventually and they did break through eventually and then it came pretty fast. Suddenly they had a 3-0 lead on the Sharks, and it just seemed like the Sharks ran out of gas. But like I said after the first game, I was hoping that the Sharks put forth a better effort overall. I just didn't know if it would be enough to win because Colorado, who are getting right right now and maybe kind of finding themselves, it, that's the wrong team for the Sharks to play right now because the Sharks just aren't as good as the Avs right now, and that's okay. I don't know if anybody in the NHL when the Avs are playing at their potential best, I don't know if there's another team that's on that level. But immediately for the Sharks, the best part is they're getting a little time off. It'll be great. I mean, you know, we've been playing every other day, so guys need this rest and time to recover and recuperate and break down the video for the past couple of games, see what we did wrong, see what we did right, and, you know, get ready for the next game and start breaking down the video for the other next team. And Tommy Hurdle weighed in on the break in the schedule as well. 
Yeah, it's, you know, nice, you know, get to regroup, you know, and get figure out, you know, we'll see what happened, you know, because we saw what happened, what is with Vegas, so we'll see what happened with that, so we, we can get even a little more time, but, you know, we have to regroup and be better team because we need every point, you know, because, you know, we now, again, two games behind the 50 and, you know, it's it's really tight and we need every point, so we have to regroup, get, get some rest and get back right away against, you know, if it's Vegas or Anaheim, doesn't matter. We have to just be really sharp and we need, doesn't matter how we win, we, we have to just win, you know, and especially we need the top guys, you know, be top guys because I think the last couple of games, you know, starting with power play, it's not enough, you know, and, and you know, we see other teams, you know, the top lines make it for them, you know, so far with us is every game switching, you know, we, we need, we need like be all top guys or all lines, you know, same time and just be the best, can be just always one line and not all three lines get rest. So we need everybody and we need every point, you know, so we have to get a little break, you know, don't think about hockey a little bit and regroup and, and be sharp first practice, you know, and especially on the power play. And I think that sums it up well, the idea that the team needs to regroup and kind of figure things out, get a little bit of break, get a little bit of video time, get a little bit of time to practice, get their bodies a chance to recharge before this big series against Las Vegas. And I think the other thing now is that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. They do know that they will be back home for that game on the 13th at SAP Center. They'll be hosting the Ducks. It will be business as usual. And I think that that overall factor of knowing when it's going to happen will help steady the ship. And right now, the Sharks need every little bit that they can get to help steady the ship because they have a big series coming up against Las Vegas. Emotions are going to be running hot. You got to make it very clear to Evander Kane going into this series that he needs to focus on staying out of the box. That is going to be a big factor, and we know that Vegas is going to be doing everything they can to antagonize him into a situation like that, and that's where you're going to need that leadership of Logan Couture. You are going to need Bob Bugner to talk to him before the game. Maybe give him just a little bit of a pointer like, hey, they're going to be coming at you. Be ready. Don't do anything that's going to get you sent to the box because this team will punish us, and we don't need any extra punishment right now. All right, that wraps it up. I will talk to everyone on Tuesday morning for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.